Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Russians, uh, Russia's leader, Vladimir Putin, is wanting to extend his stay in power. Uh, the government there has passed a bill allowing him to stay past 2024. To talk about all of this, Arl Braun is with us, Professor, Department of Political Science, University of Toronto, Mississauga, and Professor Monk School of Global Affairs, and with us now. Arl, thank you so much for the time. Much appreciated. Thank you. So explain to us, in layman's term, basically what happened here in Russia and, and what is transpiring here with, uh, with the leader, with Putin. What we're witnessing is almost a kind of tragic comedy that Russia is becoming firmly a dictatorship. But it is done in a, such a bizarre way where there's the pretense of elections, of democratic consultation, of uh, some kind of heed to the rule of law, and none of that happens to be correct. Vladimir Putin has been in power for 20 years. He has used various subterfuges to stay in power. There are constitutional limitations, term limitations. A president of Russia is not supposed to serve more than two terms. Uh, Now he has uh, a term where he can stay in power until 2024. He is uh, now determined, it appears, to be able to stay in power almost indefinitely because what has happened is that the legislature, which is basically a kind of rubber stamp organization, the two chambers have uh, agreed to constitutional amendments, which will be then tested in a court that's very supine, and then a referendum, which would reset the clock. It's almost as if it erases the laws, the history. There would be the pretense that there were no two terms. Uh, in 2024, Mr. Putin will be able to start as if it was ground zero. How do those in Russia feel about this? Is anyone challenging this? There are some opposition leaders <clears throat> who have been very vociferous in denouncing this that basically this is uh, clearly dictatorial, that this disrespects completely the will of the Russian people. But what Putin has created is a kind of dependency. Uh, This is what he's arguing. He has infantilized the Russian population. What he's saying is, yes, ideally, this shouldn't be happening. He admits that, that there should be term limits, but the Russian people are just not ready. Well, he has been in power for 20 years. When does he think the Russian people will be ready to exercise freedom? In other words... Why does he say they're not ready? What's what's his reasoning for that? It's that they're not mature enough. They do not know enough. They cannot really govern themselves. They need a strong hand. They need someone to look out for them. This is, uh, as I said, the infantilizing of the Russian people that they cannot make decisions the way they make in Switzerland or Sweden or Canada or... uh, France. Here you need someone who will think instead of them until they somehow get ready, until they are grown up. Uh, And there is no one else, he claims, who can really do the job that he's doing. But of course, what Putin has done is uh, is to eliminate all opposition. Uh, People like Boris Nemtsov uh, were assassinated in broad daylight. And there are also suspicions as to how this happened. Other leaders as well, or potential leaders, have been, like Khodorkovsky, have been chased out of Russia. They were jailed. So he has systematically destroyed opposition, 
and then he's saying, well, you know, there's no one really ready to take over, so I have to undertake the burden to take care, basically, of the childlike population of Russia for their own good. But no individual is indispensable, and yet what Mr. Putin is trying to do is to make himself indispensable. He is not immortal, but he wants to be indispensable. Are the Russian citizens buying this? Any sort of demonstration at all? There have been periodic, large-scale demonstrations, but these have been put down sometimes with considerable force. There's not much interest from the outside uh, world as to what what is happening inside Russia. And the economy is stagnating. There is dissatisfaction. But there has not been a kind of coalescence into a viable, powerful opposition that can really take on the Putin government. In a sense, this is a tragedy of the Russian people. Russia is a country that not only has the largest territory of any state in the world, but it has unparalleled natural resources, enormous scientific talent, and yet on an individual basis, that is the per capita income, it is a poor country. Yes, there are the elites in Moscow, the oligarchs who are doing very well, but the rest of the population is not, and this is a lost opportunity. This is the opportunity cost that Mr. Putin has robbed the Russian people of. Why, why is Russia so depressed if it is so rich with natural resources? It is utterly corrupt. Uh, there has been no real structural change of the economy. It is unidimensional. A country of 143 million people is very dependent on energy. Energy exports account for about 60%. The economy uh, is not competitive internationally. Do you know of anyone who's driving a Russian car? Anyone who's using a Russian computer abroad? Anyone who's taking Russian medicines? Uh, This is a country that, uh, by most economic standards, has been failing. And there's no reason for that except the fact that the oligarchs and the ruling classes around Mr. Putin are much more keen on making sure that they stay in power rather than take the risk of really changing the the Russian economy, freeing up the uh, Russian people from repressive laws and regulations, because that could mean that their own power would be put in danger. Is no one selling a better quality of life? I mean, considering they have all of these resources, certainly life could be a lot better in Russia, no? Not just could be, but definitely should be. Yeah. There's no reason why Russia should be in the state that it is right now. It is wasting an enormous amount of money on uh, the military. It is engaged in uh, uh, foreign adventures like Syria and elsewhere that are very costly in terms of lives and treasure which are basically vanity projects. This is what Mr. Putin has very cleverly used to divert the attention of the Russian people away from domestic problems by saying, look, we are regaining regaining our international prestige. We are outsmarting the United States and the West. There's a tremendous amount of fear-mongering that in the West you have all these problems of AIDS, uh, of uh, gay rights, of people who no longer believe in religion, while in Russia we are different and we are a a superior civilization, even if you are poor. And those opposition leaders that could have rallied the population, they have been jailed or they have been killed. 
So it has been very, very difficult to have people who can present a program and build the kind of uh, party structure that can effectively challenge uh, uh, Putin's rule. But what we have seen from history is that despite this, systems can collapse and no one lives forever. There's a so-called Stein's law. If a trend cannot continue, it will end. And even Mr. Putin cannot live forever. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. What is the world reaction around this uh, announcement, specifically about Do- in regard to Donald Trump? How, how is the rest of the world reacting to this? The rest of the world basically has reacted with a shrug. And that is uh, most unfortunate because we have convinced ourselves that somehow the Russian people carry this kind of anti-democratic gene that, yes, uh, we would want freedom. We cannot imagine ourselves living in a system where we cannot speak freely or uh, keep our properties without fear of the state, just expropriating them illegally, where we demand that there should be due process, a real system of rule of law, but somehow that the Russians are, are different, and that's really not uh, not the case. You have uh, leaders such as uh, Emmanuel Macron in France, who very cynically wants to increase his own power in Europe by making deals with Russia, tries to undermine the sanctions that have been leveled at Russia following the Russian invasion and illegal annexation of Crimea. So, in a sense, Western leaders have let down the Russian people in so many different cases. And Mr. Putin, therefore, feels that he has a license, that he's not challenged from the outside, and he's able to suppress opposition uh, without penalty on the inside. Is Russia a threat? Is it that because they're not, no one cares? Russia is a threat, but not in the standard way that we used to think. This is not the Cold War. Russia is not a superpower. With the exception of nuclear weapons, Russia is no match for the West. The entire economy of Russia, in nominal terms, is roughly that of Italy's or or Canada's. It is about one-eighth or one-tenth that of the United States or the EU. But Russia has been prodding and probing at Western defenses. It has engaged in foreign adventures in Syria and elsewhere. It can miscalculate, and miscalculation can lead to escalation. And it is not that Russia is planning a conflict because it would be foolish, and I do not think it is. It is not that Russia has a universalistic ideology that the Soviet Union had. It does not. But these adventures, the need for Mr. Putin to keep diverting popular attention away from the fact that basically Russia has failed to become a modern state. It is not living up anywhere close to its potential. And he does that by these foreign adventures means that he takes increasing risks. And those risks can get out of hand. And that is the danger. And we have the danger uh, in Canada as well because of the Arctic. We have to face Russia across the Arctic. Russia is increasingly trying to grab as much of the Arctic as possible because they claim the Lomonosov Peninsula uh, and the areas around it. That would give them an extra million square kilometers of the Arctic. 
there are potential resources, vast hydrocarbon resources, about 20% of the world's hydrocarbon resources are uh, in the Arctic, but to extract them is very, very risky, and it could be ecological catastrophe, and so we have to guard against that. There has been global warming, so there is increasing navigation potential, and Russia would like to control the northern sea route, which can pose a geostrategic threat to us. So in so many ways, we have to be alert not to Russia acting directly against us in the way the Soviet Union might have, but indirectly and the possibilities of, or possibilities of overreach and accident. Is this a done deal? Is this going to happen? And if it does, what does it mean for the future of Russia? In uh, a place like Russia, this is about as close as one can get to a done deal. The legislature passed these uh, measures uh, uh, almost unanimously uh, with no effective opposition. The Supreme Court, uh, which has uh, been ineffective in ever standing up to the government, is not going to challenge this. And I would think the results of the referendum that will be held on April 22nd is more or less preordained. So I think this will happen, and Mr. Putin will have the constitutional amendment that will allow him to start from zero up, so to speak, and he can run uh, for a term, uh, a six-year term in 2024, by which time he already will be 71, and then he could run for a second term uh, after that. What it means for Russia is that what we're talking about Russia moving towards becoming a dictatorship with the zone of democracy shrinking ever more rapidly, I think there may not be much democracy left at all. Shouldn't have, uh, you know, considering way back when, when, you know, uh, the, the talks between Gorbachev and Reagan and and walls coming down and all of this, many thought this would be the rebirth of of this area, of this region. It, it really hasn't excelled in the last 30 years, has it, the way it could have or should have? The potential was there. And uh, Boris Yeltsin, for all of his flaws, and Boris Yeltsin had been uh, a Soviet commissar, but came to the conclusion that communism was a massive failure. And he said, you know, communism has brought us nothing but poverty and uh, uh, and uh, destitution. Uh, uh, he wanted democracy, but he didn't know quite how to do it. And what ensured in the 1990s, after the the solution of the Soviet Union in 1991, while Boris Yeltsin was, was head of the uh, Russian uh, Federation, there was such chaos, there was such internal conflict, that the Russian people tended to associate democracy with chaos, uh, uh, disorientation, and deprivation. Uh, in other words, uh, despite all of his best intentions, and Yeltsin was saying he wanted Russia to become a modern state, a member of the community of democratic countries. He couldn't do it. He didn't know how to get there. And then he made a really crucial mistake. He appointed as his successor a former KGB colonel who promised democracy, but really it seems he had no intention to deliver uh, that, and that has been Vladimir Putin. And Vladimir Putin gradual, uh, gradually brought order to Russia, but at the cost of stifling, and now it seems suffocating 
democracy. So those hopes, uh, which were not unrealistic, did not materialize. They did not materialize in part because uh, Boris Yeltsin and people around them were not sufficiently knowledgeable, determined, adept, uh, or healthy enough, uh, in the case of Yeltsin, uh, to do it. It was also the case that the West did not offer sufficient help. Hmm. At one point, uh, there was an attempt to stabilize the ruble to improve the Russian economy. The administration in Washington refused to help. It was a crucial mistake. We should have helped. That would have been a time to try to bring about stability. The Russian people would have had a lot more confidence in democracy. Instead, there is the sad case that they associate democracy with chaos. And historically, the Russian people have always feared chaos because they have suffered tremendously mm. uh, from chaos. But uh, order costs a lot. And now Mr. Putin is going to show just how high the price is for the order that he supposedly is bringing. Arl Braun has been with us, Professor, Department of Political Science, University of Toronto, Mississauga, Professor Monk School of Global Affairs, Russia's leader, Vladimir Putin, wanting to extend his stay in power. Arl, thank you so much for the time and insight. Much appreciated. Pleasure. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.